Hi, welcome to Popcorn Takes, a pop culture podcast on movies, media, books, etc. I'm Marsha. And I'm Mike. And today we are going to be discussing The Unbearable Weight of Talent, 2022. Or, if you have TikTok, it's the famous meme. The famous meme. Just the one famous meme? That I've seen. Okay. Um... This um, kind of breaks our rule of uh, what we talked about, about, you know, spoiler alerts with five things being five years or older. This is very recent. Um, uh, The quick synopsis on the movie is that it's Pedro Pascal and it's Nick Cage and Nick Cage is being hired by Pedro Pascal for a birthday party. Um, and hijinks ensue. I don't really know how else to summarize it without getting into everything. No, that works. Uh, that's that's fine. If, uh, at this point, you know, let's uh, quick takes. Uh, how many popcorns? Oh, for me, um, I would say three and a half. I liked the movie. It was a, a three for me is like a meh. You know, not good, not bad, just a average meh. Um, so it's more than a meh, but it's not as good as Roxanne. So I'm not going to give it a four. I'm going to have to give it a three and a half. What about you? I, I, I fall in the same. I was thinking some, I was thinking a three. Um, it's not a bad movie. It's, it's an entertaining movie. I enjoyed watching it. I don't know it's something that I would necessarily break the door down to go watch. But, uh, I, I, you know, if you're a Nicolas Cage fan... I would tell you it's probably a four or five. Yeah. Um, It's well done. I I liked it. Um, I forgot how many movies and how big of a movie star he was back in the 90s. I was going to say, I think this movie um, would benefit somebody who has a vast knowledge of Nicolas Cage movies because I know there are references in there that I missed because I don't know a lot of Nick Cage movies. Yeah, and I would say that or older. Okay, I think older, I think yeah. it's an older, it, you know, as far as the movie goes. Or if you're just a, a Pedro Pascal fan, you know, and finished up The Last of Us and just didn't quite have enough Pedro Pascal. Now, Pedro Pascal is the internet's boyfriend, so <laughs> um, I could see that being a draw. But again, so, I even with the even with the Pedro Pascal draw of it, yeah. you're still gonna miss stuff if you don't know all oh, of for sure, Nick for sure. Cage's. It's, it's a Nicolas Cage-centered film, for sure. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, w- I would say that. So yeah, I think, I think I'm right there with you. It wasn't a bad movie. Uh, it wasn't as funny as I would have liked it to have been. I agree. But it was clever. So. And I actually think that, um, that Pedro Pascal really bumps the movie up for yeah. me because. So if you're looking for a clever movie that's not as funny as you think it might be. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. All right. Well, that's it. So at this point, we'll, uh, we'll there will be spoilers will abound after this. So if you haven't seen the movie and want to go have a quick watch, go ahead and do that. And uh, we'll keep going here with the review. Yes. Again, spoilers ahead. Um, okay. So we open the movie on a scene from Con Air. And Con Air is a movie that I have seen. So I was happy <laughs> to see. <laughs> oh, bring back some memories of the old... Uh, dueling um the old dueling who trisha yearwood and i'm trying to remember leanne rhymes leanne rhymes yes i yes. thought the exact same thing oh um, how do i live without you duel? i never <laughs> thought they would stop playing that song on the radio <laughs> well, it was great because apparently the story goes that um both trisha yearwood and leanne rhymes were given the song to um to do for the movie and they picked Trisha Yearwoods for the movie but Leanne Rhymes decided she's going to publish hers anyway so both of them were out at the same time and they were all over the radio oh my goodness and that's for our youngins who were not around during oh, that yeah, time yeah, period but, oh my goodness that yeah I, I mean man and back in the day before I, I mean I guess people probably listen to way more Spotify and uh, Apple Music and things like that now but Boy, back back in the day working in restaurants and things like that you could not escape the song well it also this opening scene from Con Air um, made me realize that I didn't recognize until this movie how terrible Nicolas Cage's southern accent is it was <laughs> so bad it is bad oh my gosh 
So um, the reason why we open with a Con Air scene is because there's this couple that is watching Con Air and they're smoking a joint while they're watching Con Air and they're just loving Nick Cage. And um, the next thing you know, um, two masked men are in the, the in their house attacking and uh, they knock out the woman, Maria, and uh, they kidnap her. So that's where we open up with. Um, and then after that, we go to Nicolas Cage having lunch with um, David. Um, I don't, I didn't write down his last name. I didn't hear it. He's a movie producer um, who is, you know, talking to Nicolas Cage about uh, a movie that he wants to do. And it, this scene is <clears throat> something else. Um, Nicolas Cage <laughs> insists on reading for David, even though David says he doesn't have to read for the part. And, um, and he, he really wants this part so bad. And he goes into this really, I don't know. I mean, the, the, the reading part of it wasn't so bad. It was the insisting on doing the reading part. So it's a cameo. He's playing himself. It's David Gordon Green. Okay. So he's a real life. Yeah. I figured most of the movie is littered with cameos from people either playing themselves or playing other people but they're still big movie stars yeah uh so he did a lot of the halloween stuff mm -hmm. uh pineapple express things like that so yeah so, so he's actually himself we find out later um probably a little bit later than this um uh, we find out uh that he does not get the part <laughs> um but <clears throat> it's a very uncomfortable scene and um, so this movie relies on the, that. And I think I, in the last episode, I talked about how I don't enjoy uncomfortable scenes. This one wasn't too bad because they didn't prolong it. For me, it's that prolonging of an uncomfortable scene that really like makes my skin crawl. Well, I think it's a bit easier to watch an uncomfortable scene when the character kind of has it coming, right? right? So Nick Cage is playing this sort of version of himself. But right. you can also, but he's he's also, I think, maybe hamming it up just a little bit that he's this great exactly. Hollywood. So it kind of works. Um, and so then we get our first scene with Nick Cage riding with him, his younger self in the car. Nick and Nicky. Yes, Nick and Nicky. <laughs> and Nicky, if you think Nick Cage has a big ego, Nicky, his ego is the size of Texas. It is gigantic. He is something else. Um, and he's also kind of unhinged. So, um, it, it, it's funny to me. I wonder if that's a real commentary on, um, how Nicolas Cage I, was. As a I, I think actor. it was. I think it's a tongue in cheek sort of shot at himself as an older person. Yeah, okay. uh, he did interviews, older ones where he looked like that and that, and sort of came across that way. Oh, so okay. I, I, th I think you can go back and find some of his older stuff where, where he was, he was now again, he's amplified it a little right, bit, right. but I'm sure he, he looks at him, which again, it's a very cleverly written movie. And but I, I'm sure it's him sort of taking a shot at himself, you know, sort of sort of having some fun with his own ego. I get that he's supposed to be amplified here, but also um, it makes me think that he benefits greatly from the fact that social media was not a thing when he was. Oh, young. I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure because he would have been canceled very quickly. I feel like. Um, anyway, so he's talking to himself. Um, and then later, uh, oh, he kicks himself out of the car. It's a, and he's driving, you said what, an old Porsche? Yeah, it's an old bathtub Porsche. And, uh, anyway, so they, uh, then, then the next scene he's talking with a therapist. His daughter is in the therapy session. You don't realize it until after a while because he's been only talking about himself in therapy. And presumably if the daughter's there, it's, they're supposed to be there for family therapy, but <laughs> that's not going great. Um, she, uh, he says that he could only talks about his, no, she says, the daughter says that he only talks about his career and makes her watch old movies <laughs> to talk about it. Um, it's particularly his old movies. I know. Um, and it's clear that he doesn't really think about his daughter. Um, but I love the funny line where the daughter thought that Humphrey Bogart was a porn star. <laughs> Yeah, I, I could, I could definitely see see a daughter being that way a little bit. Yeah, I mean she's not wrong. Humphrey Bogart is a good porn name. 
Yeah, yeah. It, I, I think I think part of the fun of the movie is is he's having trouble like adjusting to time because I could definitely see as a kid. And he's extremely self absorbed. Yeah, he is. I would probably even go on to say narcissistic. Yeah, yeah. And uh, again, no, it's it's very which makes me wonder if he's really narcissistic in real life and he can it, uh, maybe recognize it. I don't know. It it's hard because it's like where are you drawing the line between I, the character? I'm and sure there the probably. I'm I sure think. there probably is a little bit of that. Like I said, I, I think. I think it shows a little bit of humility, just the fact that he's willing to take this on as himself yes. and poke fun of himself a little yes. bit. I mean, it's obviously a lot of the movie was done tongue in cheek, but yes. I can, I can definitely see conversations he had with his daughter of why. I mean, you know, I, I think of, you know, I think of watching stuff with with our kids, and it's, um, you know, there's definitely when you go into that nostalgia phase, some stuff where they where they look at you like you're crazy. So I'm sure, <laughs> I'm sure he's they've seen some movie of his and went, what in the world? And he was like, this is good, and they're like, this is awful, and it's like, well, I spent so much time working on this, and then they just sort of completely reject the premise. Man, that so. reminds me of when I um, showed our kids. Uh, my old yearbooks and some of my old yearbook photos and our youngest said wolf mom <laughs> right uh, so uh, very a very i'm sure it's very you know you think about how humbling it must be to have this adoration as just this actor and then to have these people in your life that probably don't care at all that you're but this don't mega most, star don't most movie stars say that about their kids about their kids not like even like the um yeah you know, Thor, Chris Hemsworth plays yeah. Thor, and they're like, what's your favorite, you know, Marvel character? And they're like, not Thor. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, very, I'm sure, I'm sure it is very humbling. And, and you know, I, so I'm, I'm, I'd be curious about the actual dynamic of their relationship in real life. But yeah. I, I do think that's, I do think they're, again, again I'm sure they're playing it up for the movie, but based on uh, probably true experience. Well, um, so he um, goes, uh, the next thing you know, um, oh, his ex does tell him to make sure that he shows up for his daughter's birthday party. Um, and then the next scene, we cut to um, Nick Cage going to the spa with Neil Patrick Harris. Um, Neil Patrick Harris is not playing himself. Neil Patrick Harris is playing an agent. Yep, Richard Fink. And um, they go to a spa and they're being whipped with like, bushes <laughs> it's very weird and nick cage is not enjoying it he, he's very much like what have you signed me up for um but then they're relaxing later and um neil patrick harris tells him about a job i'm just gonna call him neil patrick harris this whole time that's all i was gonna say um he tells him about a job um that is a birthday party and Nick Cage is immediately like, no, I don't want to, I'm not doing a birthday party. And also I'm, he's at this point really sure he's going to get that job with uh, David, the producer. Um, we also find out that Nicholas Cage is in a, a lot of debt. He is divorcing his, he's in either in the middle of a divorce or just finished it, just finished. It's, it's new. And, um, so but he's also been living in a hotel for six months and he, apparently he hasn't been paying the bill regularly so now there's a huge bill that's due for living in a hotel for six months um so he's in a lot of debt and um when he shows up to his daughter's birthday party that's when he gets the call he shows up late and um then he gets the call that he didn't get the part and so he get he starts drinking what I didn't get about this scene is how did he get drunk in literally 30 seconds? Because when he walks in late, the mom is lighting the candles for the birthday cake and says, we're about to sing. And by the time that they're out there singing happy birthday, he's already drunk. I assumed he was having something before that, but I don't know, maybe not. It was... Again, one of those like weird timeline things. So it's yeah, like, okay. kind of, kind of a non sequitur. All right, um, and then he ends up stealing the spotlight from his own daughter. She's not even done blowing out the birthday candles before oh, she turned sixteen. Yes, and uh, she's not even done blowing out the candles before he starts singing and playing the piano, which is apparently a song that he wrote for her. That's not very good. Um, that he wrote for her when they went on a trip together, just the two of them. I guess out to the desert. Grand Canyon. Grand Canyon. Okay. So, 
Um, his ex drives him home and tells him to get his stuff together. Um, and then he finds out that he's been locked out of his hotel room. Mm -hmm. So he calls Neil Patrick Harris to take the job for the birthday party. And um, he, he starts to give this impassioned, long speech about him quitting acting. And um, Neil Patrick Harris says, oh, you cut out, man. Could you t tell me that again? <laughs> and so then he tries again to give the same speech. It's terrible. Um, but so he decides that he's going to take this birthday party thing and then he's going to quit acting. Um, but somehow he's still flying private. Did you notice that? Well, I would assume that it was arranged for him. To, the, the flight was arranged by... Oh, by the birthday party. Yeah. Okay. All right. So, um, when he's in the plane, we see the news about uh, Maria's kidnapping. And that's when we learn that Maria is the daughter of the Catalonian president. Um, and Nick Cage is, just happens to be landing in... Um, do you say it, Mallorca, mm -hmm. uh, Spain. Um, and we immediately say, see these contractors that are arguing about a job because they realize that the guy who just got off the private plane is Nick Cage. And they're like, and one of them is like, oh, we can't do this job now. That's Nick Cage. And the other one, Tiffany Haddish plays the other contractor. And we say, I'm saying contractor here because we don't know what they, who they are at this point. We just know that they're scoping out the scene and they have a job to do um, but Tiffany Haddish says no I, we're still doing this and so she ends up going up to Nick Cage and it's like oh you're Nick Cage I loved you in I don't remember what movie she referenced but one of his movies and she slips a GPS tracker into his pocket wasn't it um the animated one was it what which was his animated I groups? think I think it was because he think I think she he said her, she said her daughter liked it and I think he made a comment about it being like oh, well it was only what? my voice or something like that yeah. <laughs> um but uh yeah the croods okay that's it and then we realized that um the person who hired him to for the birthday is a guy named Javi and Javi is played by Pedro Pascal. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, he's a super fan. Apparently, he wrote a screenplay for Nick Cage. And Neil Patrick Harris had the screenplay, but they that, never that gave it, it to, to Nick Cage. Yep. And um, so, Javi is awkward AF. He is so weird around Nicolas Cage. <laughs> a real, real, <laughs> real man crush. Um, which, again... I think is what makes the movie more enjoyable is Pedro Pascal's performance in this oh, because yeah. he does he he comes off as this like lovable teddy bear and he's just awkward and sweet and like so you're just he's endearing right away. Opposite from a lot of the roles, because I, I I know you know I guess the first time I watched him was in Narcos on Netflix. Oh, it's a number of years back. The first time I saw him was in Game of Thrones. Yeah, and um, you know it's just a very different character for him than you know when you think about even The Last of Us. Uh, you know, just a very different polar opposite of what you're used to seeing. Yeah, but he pulls it off well. It's, yeah. it's, it's quite quite well done. Um, and I think that um, at least his. I think his PR team would like you to think that maybe that's closer to his real life image than, because um, I saw him on um, Hot Ones too, and he's just very much that same like excitable and like yeah endearing. Um, so um, Nick Cage tells Javi that he's retiring from acting, um, and then uh, Javi's cousin Lucas is there along with um Javi's like handler or like assistant Gabriella and um and and the cousin starts basically razzing Nicolas Cage and so Nicolas Cage just walks straight into the pool <laughs> yeah and, and now that pool scene is is neat I mean that to me that's one of the one of the best shots of the movie when they're doing that so he's sitting around and having a drink yes and you know he kind of does that walk off the pool to the bottom and uh that is you know if, if you're again if when you talk about easter eggs um that's it that's one of his most iconic scenes from um 
leaving Las Vegas. That is all. Wow. It, that entire se- sequence during this scene is almost an exact replica of the movie Leaving Las Vegas when okay. he's in when he's in Las Vegas with Elizabeth Shue, and she has to jump in the pool and pull him out. It, uh, but in this case, it's Hobby yes, and not Hobby and not Elizabeth Shue. But but that that scene is almost a remake of of him at the bottom of the pool drinking. Yeah. And um, I, I guess probably his most critically acclaimed movie, Leaving right. Las Vegas. Well, I've never seen it. It's, so uh, he he it was one of the ones he won an Academy Award for. So, okay. I knew that he had been up for an Academy Award for a couple of different things. I think, was he up for an Academy Award for Moonstruck or was Moonstruck in general? I think it was in general. He might have, I'd have to go, it's been years and I don't even. I've never seen that either, but at least I know that one. But yeah, uh, Leaving leaving Las Vegas won. It's a very different role for him in that movie because it was a very dark movie where he's this guy that, you know, his life fell apart and so he goes to Vegas to basically drink himself to death. I mean, it's, it's, it's got a good soundtrack, and it, I mean, it's it's a. Is that the one where there's like a bunch of Elvis impersonators or whatever? Maybe that's a different movie. I think it's a different movie. Okay, I don't know. Listen, no. I I do not know the. It's Nicholas been years now. In fairness, catalog. it's been years. Okay. I, I mean, I'm talking. I would say decades since I've even seen <laughs> the movie. Okay. But so there may be an Elvis impersonator in there, but it's a it's a very. Again, it's a very dark movie, which which was very different from all of the other things. He, you know, you're used to like the Con Airs, the Face Offs, yeah. which you know all these movies are referenced throughout. But you know, see, I got those references when they came yeah. up, but I did not get this reference. So again, this movie benefits heavily from you understanding yeah. his catalog. Yeah, again, very well and very very well done. On yeah, and how they did that and pulled that off, very tongue in cheek. But it was again, it's just ironic that his love interest in leaving Las Vegas. I guess I'd say love interest. He was really trying to kill himself, but she. You know, they had she this. They had this kind of well, I love maybe strong. They had this definite connection where they were. You know, her trajectory in life went up while his was going down. So, gotcha. you know, but again, the, the fact that it was Javi pulling yeah. him out. So it was just if 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 you've seen the movie, you'd be like, oh, okay. <laughs> anyway. So um, Javi's assistant Gabriella makes him get up the next day to go to the cliffs with Javi. Um, and she's very insistent because Nick Cage is like, I'm not doing that. And yeah. she like rips the sheets and covers off the bed. She's like, you are going up there. Yeah. She's like, Javi paid for this and you are going to do this. And um, so then apparently Javi set up a fake chase scene. Um, <laughs> but the whole point was that he's trying to convince um, Nicolas Cage to not give up on acting. Right. And so then they jump off the cliff. Um, that seems cute. Um, also because like neither one of them realized how high the cliff was. <laughs> so they sit around <laughs> afterwards, um, on a bunch of rocks after they've, you know, swam up to some rocks and, uh, they sit around talking, um, and basically just getting to know each other better. Yeah. Um, they, um, Javi... So they apparently they talk about like what your three favorite movies are, and um, Javi tell says that his three favorite movies are number one, Face Off. <laughs> number two, I didn't write down the movie. It was the obscure movie that he had already talked about in the in earlier in the movie with his daughter, and um, it has a long title and it's old. I yeah. don't. Sorry, I didn't write it down. I'm. Um, and number three was Paddington Two. And um, Nick Cage immediately gives him a bunch of junk for Paddington 2. And so Javi's like, all right, well, now you have to watch it with me. <laughs> and they watch it together, and Nick Cage cries. Wasn't it the, the cabinet of Dr. Cal- Caligari? Yeah, Cal- you're looking Cal- that Cal- up right now. Don't yeah. act like you know that. <laughs> I didn't know. I knew that. You said, wasn't it? And then you... Uh, well, I can't remember if that was the one, because uh, there, there's so many movie references in there. Yeah, I think that's it. I think that's the one they were talking about that was everybody's favorite. Yeah. Because his daughter's like, the movie's like 100 years old. Please give me a break. I'd never heard of it. Um, yeah, I've never heard of it either. So, um, And it makes me wonder if it really was Javi's second favorite movie or somehow Javi knew that it was Nick Cage, one of Nick Cage's favorite movies. <laughs> Um, but regardless, um, 
Javi emails the script to Nicolas Cage um, because uh, they get to, they get together and they they're talking and 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 Javi's like, oh, well, I had the, you know you must not have liked the script and he's like, I never got the script and so he's like, email it to me and so yeah. Javi emails it to him and Nicolas Cage tells Javi, I I'm really enjoying myself like I've really had fun here yeah and he seems sincere and so Javi's very excited about that. Um, and then Nick Cage goes to like some bar and young, um, Nikki shows up again (laughs) and they're having this like kind of, um, well, they were fighting in the car and now they're fighting in the bar. Um, and then, uh, and then they kiss. So Nicolas Cage kisses his younger self. <laughs> so read into that what you will about ego and um, loving self-love and whatever. <laughs> um, yeah. So uh, then Nicolas Cage gets kidnapped by the contractors from earlier. But we find out that the contractors are not contractors. They work for the U.S. government. And they say that Javi is a super dangerous gun dealer. Yes, they turn out to be CIA agents. And so they ask Nicolas Cage to spy on Javi. And uh, um, this part is really... So we get into the whole like spy part of the movie where he goes yeah. in there. And of course... Um, there's blunders involved because Nicolas Cage has no actual spying <laughs> abilities. Um, so he is somehow has at least some basic computer knowledge, which I didn't understand how Nicolas Cage would have those kinds of hacking computer knowledge. Uh, again, I think the movie's just taking advantage of movie magic. The fact that, that if he were a big star, that would be sort of cast. I, I, you know, because because there's a lot of that throughout the movie where you know he really doesn't have yeah the talent to do what he's doing, but because you know he's supposed to be this movie star, he's got you know he's got somehow got these skills, right? So they give him some kind of neurotoxin that they have put on his um, on his hand, um, so that if he ends up having to fight one of the guards or anything, one of Hobby's guards, that he will be able to just put his hand on the person. And the neurotoxin will, um, you know, in, induce uh, one death, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He has to get the cure. Um, so he accidentally, as you can already foresee, uh, touches his own head with the neurotoxin. <laughs> and so then he locks himself out of the room that he's in. And then he has to climb out on a ledge <laughs> back into the room that he was just in to get the antidote which he left in the room. Um, Two things I thought about this. Well, I thought about this scene. um, uh, Tiffany Haddish's character is like, like, come on, man, you can do it the whole time while the other character's like, oh, he's gonna die. Oh, this is, you know, so so Tiffany Haddish is like, not on my watch. So um, she like is set up to like be kind of his cheerleader. the thing I didn't understand is why would your security room have a window? <laughs> I, I, I don't think your super secret security room that's got all your computers and everything somehow has a went like that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, well, again, I think I think a lot of it's meant to be tongue in cheek, poking fun at action movies and yeah. how a lot of. A lot of, ridiculous, a lot yeah. of, yeah, a lot of, the, when you go back and watch some of these 90s movies, just how convenient things are and how yeah. ridiculous it is, it's it's meant to just be sort of a, of, of a, you know. Well, speaking of ridiculous. Taking a swipe at that. He gets into the, into the room and he crawls towards the antidote. He gets the antidote in his hand and then he passes out. And then, <laughs> this is what, this is one of my favorite ridiculous parts of the movie. And then Tiffany Haddish's character goes, action! And he shoot, he wakes up and shoots himself in the leg with the antidote. So, <laughs> yeah, it was, that, saving that was, himself. That was funny. I liked it. It was it was very funny. Um, uh, oh, next. Um, so uh, then he goes back down to the party 
like nothing happened. I would imagine again, you would uh, being being more realistic if you had just you know get, administered yourself administered yourself an antidote that you'd probably need to rest for a little bit. But you know, um, so he goes back down to the party and Javi is giving a speech at the party and. Um, he says that a Nicolas Cage movie brought him and his father back together um, before his father's death. Again, I'm sorry, I did not write down which movie it was. <laughs> Guarding Tess. Okay, all right. That one you actually knew because you didn't have to look it up. I okay. see that. <laughs> I'm allowed to look things up. I know, I'm just saying. Um, so did you watch Guarding Tess? Uh, probably. I know I've seen parts of it. I don't know it's something I ever sat down and watched beginning to end, but it was sort of one of those used to come on kind of a TNT type, TBS type thing a lot. I've never even heard of it, so that's why I didn't have any idea when he <laughs> was talking about it. Uh, yeah, he's a, he's a Secret Service agent guarding this ex-president's Yes, it, it begins to get very meta. And, and she she's uh, she's a real pain in the butt to guard and very particular. And he's supposed to be this hot shot, but he messes up and gets gets kind of this detail that's supposed to be sort of out of the limelight because you're not guarding the actual president. And then oh, and I some, guess he falls in love with Tess. No, she's old. Oh. So, they, but they do form a bond, and then you know. So, well, and he comes to enjoy it. So it's a, it's supposed to be more of a touchy feely movie, hence the they bond over it, I guess. Oh yeah. So um, Nicholas Cage um, says that he, so, oh, uh, they they kind of shoot it to Nicholas Cage so that he can give a speech, and so he has to give a speech, and he says that he um, read Hobby's screenplay and he loved it, and he wants to stay longer to make a movie with Hobby. Um, and uh, and that's the the end of the party, everybody. Javi's very excited. Everybody's excited. They're all clapping and, and all that. Um, this is because he's got the CIA agents in his ears telling him he needs to stay longer. They need to find where Maria is. They're sure that he has something to do with Maria's kidnapping. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, <laughs> Nicholas Cage is um, watching his own movie in his room to unwind. <laughs> Um, and then later, Javi and him are um, are hanging out together, and um, Javi wants Nicolas Cage to take LSD with him, and <laughs> he does. It, he, Javi tells him it'll expand their minds while they're trying to write this movie together, because apparently Nicolas Cage loved Javi's screenplay, but like the whole play, the whole idea is that he's going to stay longer because they're going to work on a different movie together, like a new idea. Yeah. And so um, that will give him more time with Hobby and also, uh, you know, cover. Um, and, yeah, that's, that they're in this car. Hence, hence the famous Mama Cass meme that everybody knows now with make your own kind of music. Yeah. So, um, so they're... They're driving while tripping, which I thought was a, a terrible idea, but you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And um, they may, they um, end up going to some little like plaza. I wonder if people that share that meme know that that's where that scene comes from. I don't know. I think the reason why they share the meme is because Pedro Pascal's face is just. Oh yeah, yeah. Wonderful. No, no. It makes it makes a great meme. But I'm just saying. I wonder if they if they realize if they haven't seen this movie. Maybe, maybe where, they don't where care. That, where that comes from <laughs> at the beginning that that they're both supposed to be uh, high on LSD while they're doing that. Yeah. So um, they're at some plaza, like talking and and trying to come up with ideas, and then they end up making themselves paranoid. <laughs> from an old couple sitting on a bench. And it's not even an old couple. It's like a, an old man and then a younger oh, man, isn't it? it? I thought it was I thought it was an old couple, but it might have been. Um, so, it, and I think those guys are just eating ice cream and like talking. To me, it looked like a grandfather and, and like a, a, and a grandson or something sitting there talking. Anyways, um, Javi, t- um, 
Oh, so they make themselves paranoid, and then they there's this whole scene with this wall. It's very funny. I don't really want to go into explaining it. I think you should just watch it. Yeah, find a clip. Um, it's, it's it's funny. It's very funny. One of, one of the funnier moments in the movie. Yes, definitely. Um, and we also learn from this scene that um, Javi loves Gabriella, um, but he can't be with Gabriella. So um, he doesn't really explain in this scene why he can't, but he can't. Um, and then once they get done with the wall scene, they have to get back in the car and, um, you know, Nicholas Cage is like, well, I'm, I don't think it's a good idea that I should drive while on, you know, tripping on LSD. And Javi's like, um, you have to do it. And he's, <laughs> and he's like, you did all your own stunt scenes and gone in 60 seconds. Yeah, a lot, a lot, of, a lot of references throughout this series to uh, Gone in 60 Seconds and National Treasure and some other ones that he was in. So. Yeah, I never saw National Treasure, but at least I understand the premise and know what they're talking about. And I did see Gone in 60 Seconds. So, um, uh, so anyway, so they end up getting in the car and definitely caught just destroying this old Porsche. Um, and then, um, let's see. So then, um, Nicholas Cage is trying to get into an area where the CIA has told them they think that they're holding Maria at. Yeah. And so, um, Nicholas Cage is trying to get in this area. He can't get in. And Javi is like, pops up behind him and he's like, what are you doing? Yeah. What are you doing? And he's like, I don't think you're going to think of me as the same way once I let you into this area. Right. And he's like, do you really want to go in there? And Nicolas Cage is like, yes. And so they go in there and it's not where Maria is being kept. It is a shrine <laughs> to Nicolas Cage. And, and a trip down Nicolas Cage movie trivia for everything from the chains. I think the chainsaw from Mandy is in there, which I've never seen that. I guess that was his one of his 20 whatever horror movies I, I more, more recent when he did it's got that meme pillow that's like the sequins that when you rub them one way they're Nicolas Cage's face <laughs> so he's like that's creepy <laughs> it's really funny you've got like the I, I forget what it is the uh the from the rock that green the green DNA sequence or, or chemical weapon from the rock they got you know and then the the mannequin of him yes the mannequin of him with the two guns from face off from yeah. face off and um, Nicolas Cage is like, that's a really terrible mannequin. <laughs> and then Javi's like, I know. And then he's like, how much did you pay for it? And Javi's like, $6,000. And Nicolas Cage is like, I'll give you $20,000. <laughs> and then Javi's like, no. <laughs> it's really funny. I love that scene. Yeah. Um, uh... It, it gets very meta here because they decide to, um, Tiffany Haddish and, um, it finds a way to talk to Nicolas Cage without being really made out to be talking to him. And, um, the, it gets very meta because she's talking about, well, you need to suggest a kidnapping for your movie plotline to see what Javi would do if he were to kidnap somebody. And he starts talking about how you can't just add a kidnapping plot to a movie about two <laughs> men who have a good friendship. And, uh, <laughs> it's, it, it's very funny. They're definitely poking fun at themselves. They're definitely poking fun at the movie industry about what audiences will tolerate and not tolerate and, and uh, what will sell and not sell. So it was, it was good. Um, and, uh, you know, Javi, at this point in time, it you know, we've been told Javi is a gun dealer and that Javi kidnapped Maria. But you, it's it's incongruent with his character. He seems so sweet right, and affable. Yeah. He's, he's and just, just this giant fanboy that wants to write movies. Right. And, you know, the area they thought Maria was in was a shrine. You know, like... <laughs> it, but there is a scene here where Javi is, like, shows that he has gun knowledge because he... Um, Nicholas Cage makes a comment about something being wrong with the gun. And, um, and, and Javi is like... 
corrects him and uses like yeah. specific terminology and, and indicates that he knows what he's doing. And they're, yeah. cause they're shooting guns at this point. They're shooting like skeet over the ocean. Is that right? Yes. Yes. Um, so, and I think most people here know what skeet is. They're the little clay. Clay pigeons. Yeah. I mean, they, they, they look like discs. Yeah. So, um, anyways, um, so we do we do realize in the scene with his gun knowledge that maybe there's something else it. going on yeah. that we're just not aware of. Um, and then um, the U so the um, CIA agents call him to tell him to get out. Um, but unfortunately, Javi has brought Nicholas Cage's ex and his daughter, flown them out to the house to see him and have dinner and try to work things out because he needs Nicolas Cage to work out his his um, problems with his daughter and able to make a better he, movie. Yes, he thought that was why they, he wanted to add the kidnapping sequence that he had unresolved underlying family trauma. Yes. And, um, and um, so Javi gets called away at, um, oh, well, they... <laughs> The lunch is not going very well. Nicholas Cage apologizes, but very badly. And then his daughter just rips into him. And Javi's like, oh, this is going to take longer than I thought. And then he gets called away from the lunch by yeah. his cousin. And his cousin drops the bomb on the fact that we now know that his cousin is the boss. Javi is not the boss. And that his cousin did, in fact, did kidnap uh, Maria. Yeah. And um, he tells uh, his his he tells Javi that um, Nicholas Cage is working for the U.S. government, and he plays him a clip where they had recorded a conversation between Nicholas Cage and I think it was Tiffany Haddish he was talking to. Yeah. Um, and um, and then he pulls a gun on Javi and tells Javi that if he doesn't kill Nicholas Cage, that his cousin Lucas is his cousin's name, Lucas is going to kill Javi. Um, and so now Nicolas Cage and Javi are both in a position because at the same time, Nicolas Cage gets a call from the CIA agent that like, hey man, you've, you've been made. Like, yeah. you gotta get out of there. Yeah, and I, I guess the whole plot behind the kidnapping thing was so because it was sort of convoluted how they rolled out the kidnapping it really was to their point saying you can't just throw a kidnapping into a movie it was almost just sort of thrown into the movie it, you know it takes you almost the whole movie to realize yeah, that they, it's the president's daughter and they don't want the president to run again because they want the a more election. yeah they want a more cartel friendly president so yes. they've kidnapped her and apparently Javi and his cousins and things do run guns and drugs and stuff like that Javi doesn't really run the guns. Yeah, it's, He's it's just cousin. the face yeah, of his, the operation. His, his cousin runs. Yeah, everything. his cousin runs everything. Apparently, Javi's dad ran everything when before he died, and then yeah. when his dad died, um, the operation went over to his cousin because Javi's too nice. <laughs> yes, and so Javi's just the the forward-facing face of the cartel to everybody else in the world to give Lucas more cover for his operations. So. Um, uh, so Nicolas Cage and Javi now decide they're going to drive to the cliffs again, where they first had their little jump off the cliff scene. Um, and they both are under the impression that they're going to kill the other one. Mm -hmm. And um, they decided they're still in like broy love. <laughs> they're still like tra they trade shoes on the way there. They're like they're still like complimenting each other. They're, they're like it's, they they really like one another. Yes. Um, and so, uh, <clears throat> Hobby does pull a gun on Nicolas Cage, but then Nicolas Cage pulls his two gold guns from face off <laughs> on Hobby. And then Hobby is like upset because he's like, you took my guns to pull guns on me. <laughs> um, but, um, Hobby here ad ad admits to being the figurehead and, um, he also, admits to being in love with Gabriella and the reason why he can't be with Gabriella is because of the fact that she would have a target on her back because he is the figurehead of this gun running operation. Um, so Lucas um, and his men 
start shooting because Javi and Nicolas Cage have not shot at each other. No. They weren't going to shoot at each other. <laughs> they had they no intention. They pulled the guns, but nobody had any intention of doing anything because really, if Javi had any intention of, of killing Nicolas Cage, he would have just shot him as soon as he pulled the gun instead of letting Nicolas Cage pull two guns on him. I mean, it's, it, anyways. So Javi's, or uh, Lucas's men start shooting at them um, he knew that, and, and Javi realizes that Lucas knew that there's no way Javi would have killed Nicolas Cage. Um, so they try to make a getaway. They manage to get away from the motorcycles, um, that are, that have tailed them. Um, and then Addie is, um, Nicolas Cage's daughter in this, and Addie gets kidnapped. So now Maria and Addie are both kidnapped. Um, the ex and the ex-wife and Gabriella get picked up by Nicolas Cage and Javi, and they end up going to a um, hideout that is Javi's hideout. He apparently, at some point in time, he bought a secret place so that um, he could get away if ever needed. And um, Lucas's men managed to get to the U.S. Oh, I've kind of skipped all over here. Before that, they're trying to get to the CIA people, but Lucas's men have already managed to get to the the U.S. government people, but they have, like, a little shootout. They end up killing each other. Yeah. So. All the CIA is dead. Yes. The CIA agents are dead. A couple of Lucas's men are dead. That's when they go to the, the, the hideout, the secret place that Javi has. So they decide to come up with this plan to dress Nicolas Cage up like Sergio, who is another arms dealer who has been out of the picture like in hiding for 15 years yeah and, and I, I it's, it's kind of funny because um i, I believe nicholas cage's one of his ex-wives was a makeup artist an actual makeup artist for one of his shit for one of his things so they that pulled that <laughs> so that so you, you know again another kind of easter egg there from you know and the car chases and all that there's there's so many things in there where if you go back and look through some of the sequences it's probably you know. I didn't mention that earlier, but yes, his his ex-wife in this movie is supposed to be a makeup artist, which is how they get Nicolas Cage dressed up like Sergio because she uses her makeup artistry and movie magic stuff to make him look older and to make him uh, like yeah, a bigger nose and, prosthetics, yeah, and prosthetics and all that. Um, uh, and so they decide because the, Javi knows where Lucas's compound is. They decide their play is to play that Nicolas Cage is Sergio and that he's just going to walk right up to them. And since Javi knows that Lucas wants to make a deal with Sergio, that's what's going to happen. And so that's what they do. They get all dressed up. They go and um, Lucas immediately pulls a knife on Sergio. But um, his ex-wife, and I didn't write down her name. Was it Deborah? Yeah, I think so. Um... She plays her part very well. She and she plays off like, you know, if you were gonna kill him, you would have killed him already. <laughs> and she's, and she's supposed to be from Santa Barbara, and and but her her real accent is like Irish. Yeah, yeah. She Olivia. Olivia. Okay. Is, is I wonder if that's his real ex wife's name. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But um, so um, anyways, they end up getting um you know, around into the compound and, um, they, they managed to get to the area where the girls are being kept. Um, but then they get, they get discovered by one of the guards that they're not supposed to be where they're at. And yeah. so they get kind of shoveled in. They see, they see the girls. They're all kind of, uh, is a tense situation. And, um, uh, Nicholas Kate or uh, his makeup starts coming off and they they yeah. recognize that like <laughs> it's it's not him. He's not who he says he is. And um somehow I forget how this happens. Somehow the somehow the Nicholas Cage gets Lucas so that Lucas is the one um you know, uh, in the compromising position. I forget. Was it the knife? Yes. And he pulls the knife on Lucas. He, he gets Lucas close. He pulls the knife on Lucas. And then they manage the ex-wife and the two girls manage to get out of the compound. And, um, Javi sees them. They, the, the three of them get in the vehicle with Gabriella. Javi goes back for Nicholas Cage. Cause right. he's like, he can't get out of there alone. Yeah. 
And so they do, they do some special things. What is he, he gets like, does Javi's like, you're Nick Cage. Yeah. Yeah. So, and then Nicholas Cage says his line that I'm not going to say on here. Um, I'm Nicholas Captain mm, <laughs> Cage. Cage. Yeah. So, um, so they, in, they also end up getting out. Um, and so the five of them, yeah. Pile into the, pile into the vehicle. Wait, that's the two girls, the four, no, six of them. The six of them pile into the vehicle and, um, they manage to start to get away. But the problem is, is now Lucas and all his men are now after them. And apparently their vehicles are much faster than, yeah, they got so, the land rovers and the trucks. Yeah. So trucks. Javi decides that he's, he's, he jumps out of the car before the cars even stops. He's trying to convince Nicholas Cage to let him out so that, um, they can hold him up so he can, yeah, hold him off. And, um, and he, he just jumps out of the car. And um, and so while they're stopped, they're talking. Gabriella also gets out of the car. Yeah. So Javi and Gabriella stay behind to shoot as many of the guys as possible to try to stop as many of the vehicles as possible from getting to Nicolas Cage and um, the kidnapped girls. Um, so they only managed to stop two of the four trucks. And then Javi gets shot, and Javi and Gabriella get out of the way. And then, um, so Nicholas Cage and his crew are still being chased. Uh, Lucas is in, they, there's a, you know, it's a chase scene. One vehicle gets smashed by a, a truck that comes out of nowhere, that kind of thing. And then Lucas's vehicle is the only one that's left. And he, um, Nicholas Cage crashes into an embassy with um, Lucas right behind him and um, Lucas manages to get to Nicolas Cage and has a gun on Nicolas Cage and Nicolas Cage's daughter throws him a knife. He yells. Yeah. He yeah. Yells. And then we cut to the movie scene of it playing out where he stabs Lucas. And it's uh, Demi Moore at that point. Yeah. I think, Demi- it, it, all of a sudden you see what was supposedly his movie wife his ex-wife is now being played by Demi Moore yeah and it's an actual movie yeah yeah again just a giant easter egg that whole bit yeah Um, so basically if you want to watch the ending of that movie watch the end of Face Off because (laughs) they basically just redid Face Off yeah which has been referenced as which I thought was funny because they all talked about how it was their favorite movie and then they just did a scene for like a scene thing where it's just wait a minute that's the end of Face Off (laughs) (laughs) Uh, so, um, that's it. You know, we get, um, the crowd is cheering for the movie and, um, Javi and Nicolas Cage talk after the movie because Nicolas Cage was watching the movie with his daughter and his ex. Um, and I guess maybe they're not as estranged anymore. I don't know. Um, and then, um, so they're all at the movie premiere. Yeah. They're talking together. Javi didn't want to come and watch the movie premiere because he got really nervous but Nicholas Cage says that you, why don't you go to the party and go have the interview and all that. He's like, I've done all that. You go yeah. do that stuff. Yeah, he kind of says he wants to spend time with his family. Yeah, and so then they go home and they're just, the, the three of them are just hanging around. Um, when they're watching Paddington 2 again, I think. Well, I was going to get to that. Uh, I was going to say, Demi, since Demi Moore plays um, the ex in the movie, Nicholas Cage tells his his ex that they did not um, do any it is Olivia they didn't do any justice to Olivia and yeah. she's like please it's Demi Moore <laughs> um, and then Addie the daughter asks Nicholas Cage to watch Paddington 2 yeah and I liked at the end too when they had the uh when he's we're getting up and they talk about the tarantula belt buckle. Oh yeah. And he goes the bees, the bees, which that was uh, another Easter egg for the Wicker Man. Okay. So, well, so uh, you know all these. I'm that's like, what. I'm yeah. Like. And so yeah, and you know, so that was kind of funny that just. Uh, I, and I'm sure I missed a bunch because I haven't seen every Nicholas Cage. Well, it's movie, funny but. that you know all these Easter eggs more than me, but I rated it higher than you did. <laughs> I, I mean, I I think I I would say I agreed with you three and a half. I I wouldn't be willing to bump mine to three and a half. Like I said, it wasn't a bad movie. It was really cleverly written. Um, But, you know, again, there were just some points where, you know, you know, 
a handful of funny scenes. You know what I mean? Like, it, yeah. But I, I did enjoy the the satire of it and how they just constantly make. Basically, it's a movie about Nick Cage making fun of himself in all of his movies. Yeah. So yeah. you know, and, and again, I think it maybe shows a little as he's gotten older now, a little bit of. of Realizing that some of the stuff from back then was kind of cringy, and just to be able to poke fun of yourself is pretty funny. Do you, you think self-deprecating? Do you think this is going to lead to a renaissance? For him? No, no, I doubt that. I mean, I, I, you know, I think it's it's interesting. All right, so are you ready for your three questions? Sure. All right. Hit me. What's another actor or actress that could pull off? Doing some a movie like this where oh. they basically pay, or, or if you, you can think of some, but maybe who would you like to see that would do a parody of all their old movies and make it into a movie about them making a movie and playing themselves? That's easy. Yeah. Meryl Streep. Meryl, yeah, she would. And she's a great actress, so she she could play any which way I, she wanted to play. I was thinking like Tom Hanks. Yeah, Tom Hanks. But would be would be good at that. He, it, it would be harder because Tom Hanks is um, such a lovable character. Yeah. Not that Meryl Streep I, I actually... I think you need a little bit more of an edge, though. Well, here's... I actually had a different thought, but I don't think they would do it. I tell you who it would be ideal for that and probably do better than Nick Cage. Who? Tom Cruise. Yeah. I actually <laughs> if, thought if, that if, too. If he, was, if he would... I don't know if his but ego he, would yeah. be willing to... Like, you know, Nick Cage... They're obviously making fun of all sorts of aspects of just... Hollywood, movies, yeah. how things are done, yeah. what compromises actors are willing to make. Well, you know Tom Cruise did make fun of himself for like a VMA skit one year. Oh, really? And okay. I I think that is about the extent of it. I think he could do a skit. I'm not sure he could do a whole movie well, just I, because his ego. Well, that and he's still making, you know, blockbuster movie. I, well, when's the last so blockbuster? Mer- Cyril's Mer- Oh, yeah, yeah. But I meant when's the last blockbuster Nick Cage was in? Yeah, but I don't think it has to be somebody who ha- is current not currently not making blockbusters i think the whole the whole point is just having a a, a huge um catalog to choose from yeah and also being able to just poke fun well i and that's why i think somebody like a tom cruise is good because he's known for being sort of snotty and the, in fact he's yeah. willing to do that so it's interesting yeah i so okay that's interesting i i all right Question two. Okay. Um, what what are your favorite Nick Cage movies? <laughs> so not my favorite movies, just my favorite Nick Cage. Nick Cage movies. movies. I, I I don't know. We've ever had a conversation about what Nick Cage movies that you've actually seen. Well, I have seen Con Air. I've seen Face Off, but it's been a very long time, so I didn't. I didn't actually catch that that last scene was a beat for beat, the face-off last scene. Mm-hmm. So, um, I've seen Gone in 60 Seconds. Um, I'm sure I've seen more than that, but that's all I can think of right now. Really? He's, again, just, just he was in, him and John Travolta and things like that, they were just in so much stuff throughout the 90s. I think I could name more John Travolta. I, I honestly had... For, Maybe John Travolta would be a good... <laughs> I bet. You know what? You're probably right. John Travolta would be an excellent one today. Because he has plenty of repertoire to choose from. Yeah, across, and... a, across a broad spectrum. Yeah. I actually forgot how much stuff Nick Cage was in until we were watching this. And I was uh, like, oh yeah, he was in that, wasn't he? Oh yeah, he wasn't. And it, like, I kept having to... Like, go back and try and, and think about some of that stuff. Uh, because, again, I had completely, you know, the pool scene, I was like, dang, that's, you know, I completely forgot that I, I, that movie existed. But, yeah, I, I like, it, it's funny because I, I like some of the offbeat stuff he was in. Um, uh, the uh, Leaving Las Vegas was, was, a, was a good movie. Um, I liked that Christmas when he was in Family Man. And I don't remember seeing any references to that in this movie. Maybe he wants to forget that he made it. I doubt it. Or maybe it's because it's a Christmas movie. It would be harder to slide in. But you know what? It was low-key. Was that the one he was, like, dead or, like, he dies? Or is that... Am I thinking of that right? I don't remember if he dies. But he he wakes up and he's in, um... 
he's basically a tire salesman. He goes from being a Wall Street broker. Oh, he wakes up with a family. That's yes. right. Okay. And yes. he's like, whoa. Yeah. yeah. He wonders how his life would have been different if he had actually married the girl he was in love with in college. Gotcha. Instead of... Uh, kind of like a um, Scrooge situation. Yes. Yeah. Very similar. Yeah. And yeah. it's supposed to be in that same vein. Um, yeah. You know, so it, but they, I did see that one. It's a really good movie. I, I look, he really liked that movie. I, I think that's one of the better things he's in. And then uh, I like Face Off. I like Face Off. I thought that was good. I really like Gone in 60 Seconds. Yeah. But I think it's also because I really like Angelina. Yeah, yeah. I like Gone, Gone in 60 Seconds, was pretty good also. I, but there's a lot of his movies I didn't, you know, I like, he had so many big, like the Con Air, I thought was kind of sick. Hi, so we had a little bit of uh, recording problems at the end of this episode. Sorry that it cuts off. Um, I would just like to ask that you uh, hopefully enjoyed the episode. And also, we encourage you to go make some popcorn.